I was following, all, again, all of the rules that our society had put forth. And the more I was obedient to our society's definition of success, the sicker that I became. So I got very, very curious. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, everybody, here we are again today. Like I always say, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are this in this world today. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and I have another amazing guest joining me today. His name is Matt, but I'm going to let him tell you who he is and what he is, what he does. So what i like you to do, Matt, is tell the audience like who you are and what it is you do, and then we're going to rock and roll. Sounds great. Thank you for having me, Max. Yeah, my name is Matt Simpson. I am the author of a book called Worth the Fight, Acting for a Better World, A Guide to Spirituality, Psychedelic Medicines, and Overcoming Trauma. I'm also the host of the Worth the Fight podcast, and I'm an empowerment life coach and microdose mentor. See, things have changed so much since I got sober, right? Like that stuff wasn't even mentioned uh, (laughs) back when I got sober over 20 years ago. But it's interesting, right? Because like you said, medicine is evolving and things, you know, just because they haven't, you know, names that are associated with, you know, the 60s, like the, the, you know, the LSDs and stuff like that. But you think about it, like the research that started back then, right, Matt, it was to help people to overcome, like you said, trauma or depression or, right? So please tell my audience, like how you got involved. What were the things that you went through that got you involved with, with uh, the microdosing and and teaching people and coaching people on this. Yeah, thank you, Max. Um, And a lot has changed since the 50s and 60s. There was a psychedelic revolution. We're in a new time right now uh, where we're leading with peer-reviewed scientific data from our most esteemed institutions. But a a little bit about my journey, Um, you know, I, I did not serve in the military. Uh, I was in the corporate uh, rat race in Chicago, uh, following all the rules. Uh, the more that I um, was obedient to our societal definition of success, the sicker I became. And I started to get really curious. And this was back in, in 20, uh, 2013. I had a profound experience with psilocybin, uh, magic mushrooms. Uh, I felt uh, safe to to do this. I was I was with some friends, and we were out on a boat in Lake Michigan, and it was just kind of like the perfect scenario. And um, before then, I never felt safe doing that. I've always been kind of a Type A, work hard, um, you know, and and, and not um, let my guard down. Anything that would potentially interfere with my ability to earn, um, I just wouldn't go near. Uh, but in this time, you know, I was with a, you know, my friend who is a, you know, esteemed at this business club and kind of a hot shot, very professional, and and uh, so I felt safe to take the, the the psilocybin, and I had a really profound healing experience, and it was kind of took me off guard, and I wasn't expecting this. Um, and and that set in motion uh, this this deepening of a, a spiritual connection that 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 was absent and that, that I that I didn't really have before then. And I started meditating more, and I was a bit more conscious, and I was eating healthier, and becoming a better man, a better human being. 
And um, on my 35th birthday, which was October 16th, 2014, I sold a business. And while I was supposed to be hooting, hooting and hollering with the new brass and thinking about all the money that I just made and all the, the, the opportunity and, and, and uh, career advancement and all of these things, all I could think about was this path that I'm on now, this path of service. And uh, two months later, I was in the jungles of Costa Rica having a profound healing journey with ayahuasca to get into my nervous system to heal the childhood sexual trauma that was at root of my depression, my dis-ease, my drinking uh, addiction. And um, and then that, you know, it was, it was a visionary experience. I could finally see a way out of this personal hell that I'd created. And uh, yeah, it took... Uh, 11 months. And then I walked away from my career December 9th, 2015. And I've been uh, all in on paying forward the grace of plant medicine healing ever since. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you, right? I used to be the hardcore, like, if you don't do it my way, you're going to die kind of guy, right? Like, cause that's what I kind of was surrounded by with some guys in the, in the AA program, right? But there's something to this now because, like you said, a lot of peer-reviewed research has come came, has come up, right, from very prestigious schools saying that at certain dosages this stuff can help, right? Because Gabor Mate, I don't know if you know who he is, a doctor in Canada, always says his big thing is addiction stems from trauma, some type of trauma, right? And you mentioned you had some childhood trauma, like so growing up, right, like. And it sounds like when you got to the corporate America, that grind of working every day kept you from addressing that, right? So that's why you were so focused. Like, if I work hard, I don't have to deal with that. And then you had your first experience and you were like, wow, maybe I can heal from this. How did that go? What was the challenge back then when you were growing up that kind of shut you off? And then you you get into your adulthood and you have this experience with your friends and you're like, the light goes on, like, I had a great experience with this, right? And I, audience, I want you to understand, I, I'm totally sober, but I'm open to, to guys like Matt that help people see there's another way to recover from that trauma and, right? Because not, there's no one size fits all, right, Matt? So, I mean, and I know that must've took a, a leap of faith for you to go on selling this off and i'm just gonna fall i'm gonna go all in on what I'm, I'm learning how to do how did that go for you like how did you get to that point yeah i, I appreciate the question there's a, there's a, there's a few few parts that i want to address the um yeah it, it was it was my unhealed trauma that made me an extremely successful businessman because i had i was cut off to empathy and I could just put my head down and barrel through. I always affectionately say I'd, I'd run over anyone and anything for a dollar and, and a good, 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 good capitalist, you know? Right. And, but that, those, um, those protective mechanisms that I had, this unhealed trauma also was a mask and it was, and it was keeping me from the, the deep levels of intimacy and connection that my heart and soul craved. So there became a, a, a time where it was like, Oh man, I'm going to have to break down these barriers if I'm going to if I'm going to get that level of connection. And um, you know, ultimately I I made that choice of of healing uh, and 
um, you know, confronting my past and, and going to battle with my demons, so to speak, uh, so I could heal that trauma. As, as Dr. Gabor Mate says, we can liberate the energy of trauma into the energy of life. And I can confidently say here, 10 years later, I'm living my dream life. And, and there's, you know, I experienced levels of joy to a degree that I never, ever would have thought possible had I stayed in um, a lifeless, loveless career. Right. And, and if you look, I don't know, I don't know about you, but you probably saw it while you were running your business and stuff like that. Could you point out people like you go, I know that guy's like me or that lady's like me. She's gone through something, but she's so into her work. She must be avoiding something, right? Because I've noticed uh, in work, you know, before I got into being a substance abuse counselor and stuff that I've noticed the guys that drove the hardest, it was like you could tell they were avoiding something. That's why they work so hard. Not just to, you know, yes, to make the money and, and take care of their families. But you could I could always as I look back now and we're having this discussion, I could always tell those guys like there's something more to these guys than meets the eye. But, you know, I was I'm not going to go, hey, did you have some childhood trauma or something? Right? <laughs> was it my talk about your childhood trauma? Yeah. I mean, you'll get a big F you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. I might get a hammer thrown at me or whatever the yeah. case may be. Right. <laughs> but and I know that for me and, and doing this work, like I know that recovery is an individual thing, like how they do it. Right. And that's how I try to go. And this is like I, you know, I always when I hear guests like yourself, I think this is divine intervention, right? Because God's trying to open my eyes to and my mind to alternatives, right? To best help my clients. So if I say, you know, my way's not working, hey, I can send you to Matt because Matt has a different approach and maybe he can help you. Maybe there's something I missed, right? And that's how we do it, right? We just kind of branch out and, and help the people because I know that's why you started, right? What were some of the challenge in getting started doing this, right? Because of the stigma that goes along with some of this stuff. Yeah, I didn't know how this path would unfold. Um, you know, I just knew that, that there was a better way. I knew that there was um, an opportunity to be of service. Uh, I remember having this profound moment of awareness uh, when I was down in Costa Rica having my first ceremony, thinking like, if, if I'm not going to do this, then who the hell will do this work? You know, just just this idea, you know, with being uh, a professional that knows how to get things done, uh, you know, that that, uh, you know, privilege. I'm, I'm a white man. The door's open for me um, in terms of our, our racist drug laws. Like this is something that that would make sense that that uh, black and brown people would not want to go near uh, because of the history of and and the mass incarcerations that we have and the unjust uh, justice system that we have. Um, so, so yeah, when I walked away, I didn't know exactly what this would look like. I, I had aspirations or intentions to be a life coach. And I remember the, 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 uh, other people I worked with, they they did not believe me, first off, that I would walk away from my corporate career to be a life coach. Um, and, and, and yeah, you know, this, I, I, I set out on December 9th, uh, 2015 uh, to embark on an 18 month travel journey. And it was a healing journey uh, for me to go within my nervous system uh, again, to, to address some of these traumas and, and the pain in my heart and where I'd missed the mark. And it was during that journey where it was essentially my full-time job to 
uh, embrace this this uh, path of spirituality and and my meditation practice and my journaling practice and breath work and taking care of my body with fitness and movement. And uh, in month 17 of this 18 month travel journey, I came across this veteran collective soul healing mission. And I just knew then and there that this is my soul's calling. This is my work to do. And it was the uh, the the this conversation I had with with Ryan Lacomp, he was a Marine, kind of the first mover in this space, and it was the eighty to ninety percent of the veterans that were were seeking this healing um, for addiction and for depression and post traumatic stress disorder. Mostly, um, it it was not the war trauma that they were healing from; it's the childhood sexual trauma, time and time again, that is at the root, and uh, and and then that you know, got my curiosity going. And that's where I decided to jump on board with Ryan and his organization. And I write about that all in my book, Worth the Fight. And um, that's been my my calling sense is to create awareness for our veteran community that are struggling with a mental health crisis and suicide epidemic. These medicines work. They've been greenlighted for healing trauma by Johns Hopkins, NYU. Um, Harvard, Stanford, um, there's some really compelling clinical data with the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies as well that has um, a cure for post-traumatic stress disorder. And they just finished uh, phase three clinical trials. Um, very likely the, the FDA will approve uh, this summer. Uh, and the data shows that uh, 86% of uh, people that have gone through that therapy had statistically significant uh, reduction in PTSD uh, symptoms, and seventy-one percent went into complete remission. The, that that's hard to argue with numbers like that, right? Because as you know, I mean, and I know when they tell me in the addiction field, right? They say people that go to treatment only five percent are successful. That's like that's got to stop. You know what I mean? Like it's got to go higher where we can help people. Besides the traditional way of, right, I think incorporating all that, like CBT, maybe some of the, you know, the psychedelics and just helping, right? Because some of that stuff, don't you believe, and you've gone through it, is so deep sometimes that we've stuffed it down. It might take that, right? And a professional that knows how to uh, help the individual get that out, right? Because uh, I know someone very near and dear to me that, struggles from PTSD and depression and anxiety that the typical stuff's not working. If you know what I mean? Like, cause you know, doctors, they just want to give you medicine and she's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of taking medicine. It's not working. So when someone comes to you and Matt and says, right. Cause you can relate. It's like one addict working with another one alcoholic, you know, when someone who's gone through trauma that can relate, do you think that makes it easier for someone to open up to you and go, I need your help? Like, how? what do I need to do? Yeah, I, I think it does. Uh, and and um, before the, I broached that that point, there's um, this this comes to mind. I think this was uh, Dr. Peter Atia that said this. He's a psychedelic advocate um, that sometimes we can't talk ourselves out of something we didn't talk ourselves into. And this is like fighting fire with fire. And a lot of these traumas that happen in the early years of childhood development, the the nerve, the grooves in our in our neural pathways and our nervous system are so deeply uh, entrenched that yeah, we need something a little bit stronger than the talk therapy or the pills. Right. And um, 
yeah, I think that that having gone through this journey and this this healing experience and having written a book about it and you know, I've guided over 100 people in the magic and microdosing mentorship programs that I have, um, you know, with with the building a, a thriving empowerment coaching business off of my book. Then I've been doing that for the last five years. And, you know, the podcast that I've done, the insane amount of research and, the, and that I've done for both the podcast and the book um, to know where I can step, you know, because I'm out in the open, you know, publicly. Uh, challenging our federal government to get their shit together to to properly heal right. and and integrate our veterans. This is this is a, a tragedy, and uh, we can do so much better. I I agree with you one hundred percent. As a veteran, as a disabled veteran myself, right? I I'm one thing that's a big goal of mine is to start a nonprofit that helps with this. And it's funny how people are coming into my path that show me different ways that we can help the vets, right? And mine is going to be hopefully, you know, homelessness and addiction, right? And and then find the right people that can help them because you're right. Like I see a lot of the time, I'm lucky. I've been pretty fortunate with the, you know, doctors I've had. They've taken care of me pretty well. But you hear the horror stories where they're waiting months and months and months to get treatment. And then they get in there and it's here. Get on this medicine, right? And And they keep them on it. And that doesn't always work either, if you know what I mean. Right. So someone who's been through childhood trauma, right. And I've noticed this in the last probably five to eight years where men are coming forward and saying they were sexually abused as a child. Right. Um, and you see all kinds besides their addiction, you see eating disorders and stuff like that. Right. And we have to have, and you know, I know you'll agree a safe, space for them to admit that to somebody whether it's you me or another professional right and then be able to direct them so in that in that challenge of your childhood trauma where it's led you today what are some of the challenges currently in your practice you know in your coaching and stuff that you see that that holds you back from being able to provide the help that they need whether it's a veteran or or someone who just comes to you off the street and says man i need your help because this ain't working yeah, I think that um, probably the biggest challenge I have is um, sharing a message during a time of prohibition. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, mistrust. And um, these, what I affectionately call the bullshit incorporated limiting belief scarcity programs are really, really strong. And it takes a lot of courage for someone to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this path. I'm going to try a microdosing journey and uh, I'm going to trust that all the answers are inside and I'm going to trust that I can confront that trauma uh, or whatever it might be and that the wheels won't fully come off and that that uh, that we can safely, um, you know, get to a point where we can reframe some of those past hurts and maybe even utilize them. Like again, Dr. Gabor Mate says that we can liberate the energy of trauma into the energy of life. You know, when we have these traumas that are in our nervous system and we haven't had the courage to address them, um, it's like we're carrying uh, this extra load, this, this, this weight, this baggage that um, wreaks havoc on our mental health, on our immune system, on, on everything. Oh, yeah. So I would love for you to talk about your book. Like what led you to finally come out with a book and and tell how um, my audience how, it, you know, where they can get it and stuff like that, of course. But 
how it could help them on their journey if they're looking into this but haven't said anything to anybody. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. And and they can find the book at worththefightbook.org, uh, my website. Uh, there's a link there. Um, yeah, it was it was me talking about the book for a really long time that finally got me. I'd like I had my friends like say, like, are you gonna like actually write a book or are you just gonna talk about a book? And then uh that that the pain of that. Um but but there was this um you know, I share my story only to the degree to which it tells a larger narrative about what is possible. We come together over what is shared, um, especially during these polarized times where, um, you know, our politicians can hardly agree on anything. I think that, that uh, psychedelic healing and specifically veteran healing is, is something that unites the left and the right and is a potential rallying point. Uh, it's, it's bipartisan. Uh, you know, I was at the, the, the MAPS conference um, in 2023 in Denver and to see Governor Rick Perry on stage, uh, you know, the, the, the ultra conservative uh, former Texan governor, governor and uh, to, to, to see all the brotherly love and to see, you know, Governor uh, Gerald, uh, Jared Polis of, of Colorado as a gay man. And everybody's just, again, brotherly love. This is about uh, healing. This is about doing what's right for our veterans. This is about coming together. And and that was really, really inspiring. But in, in my book, I lay out all of the different practices and strategies and rituals and, and all of these um, Again, these these uh, mind, body, spirit practices that I've um, tried and researched and ranging from, you know, meditation to, to yoga to uh, breath work. I trained with Wim Hof and his team in, in uh, Poland in 2016. So uh, cold exposure, um, you know, uh, movement, fitness, the importance of moving our body, uh, you know, all of that I lay out how to heal with these different modalities and how to reconnect to our purpose to do ultimately to do the work that we're here to do. Right. Because I believe, and I'm sure you do too, is that when we get into that, right, our addiction or whatever, it's because we lost our sense of purpose, right? Something has happened that has taken it away. Excuse me. And right. Sometimes it can be a difficult trail back, but, um, that's so interesting that you said breath work keeps coming up for me too a lot. So that's something I want to learn and, and, and add to my, you know, tool bag to help clients with, right? Cause when I saw that picture of Wim climbing, trying to climb Everest with just shorts and tennis shoes, I was like, <laughs> to be honest, I was like, this guy's nuts or he's on something really good. But <laughs> I, but the things he does, is just amazing. And it's, but I like how he says it's like something that we can all do. We just have to practice it. We have to harness the power of our mind and our breath. And right. And it sounds like you're doing the work, not only yourself, but that's a way you can show people. So but explain to my audience, Matt, that right. Um, should they have a professional or can they do this? on their own with the help of your book or should they always have a professional like kind of guiding them along the way yeah i mean um you know i come at my audience from a, the standpoint of I'm, I'm not a medical professional i'm just a guy that had a near broken heart and who shares uh, openly and honestly my experiences i share a bunch of different resources so i encourage people to 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 kind of take the ball and run with it if there's something resonates to to, to dig deeper uh, in terms of having a 
coach or a guide, yeah, it's really important to to do that. Um, I, I affectionately say, you know, when we're outside the pale, you know, we we want to have, or it's it's uh, imperative that we have a buddy system, so that we're working with a psychedelic informed. Uh, coach or therapist or psychiatrist or somebody who understands and is, who has climbed that mountain that is in front of you, because this is a different model. And, um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a different approach. Uh, it's going to be an inside out approach as opposed to the, the current models that we work with are the outside in. Right. And sometimes even though I've been a part of one of those outside in it can be very irritating when you can't reach the person because you know inside there's just that person that wants to get the help but they put up so many walls because of the hurts or the you know the trauma or whatever they've been through um or they've been through it so many times you know like they can almost tell you what you're going to say when you're in a session with them before you say because they they've been through it and it kind of shuts them off to that so new ideas like this is amazing because I know a place in Ensenada, Mexico um, that does the ibogaine treatment and uh, incorporates like sweat lodge and and ayahuasca, you know, ceremonies and stuff to help people who who the conventional way doesn't help anymore. And they've had some really good success. But they all what's cool is what you said is they encourage the, the life coach or the coach that's with them to come down and watch what's going on so they can, you know, they can be there for their client and watch them go through this process and learn as you know, and they get to learn too about this, right? Because that person I was telling you about is very close to me as my wife. And I know that some of this stuff you're talking about can really help her overcome her trauma or PTSD. And, you know, I'll tell you off, uh, off air what happened and, you know, you'll, you'll get what I mean, but but there's also that other side, like you said, right? Where it's one, it's they think that it's one way and one way only, right? And I wish more treatment centers would um, be open to the idea of different stuff, right? And, and teaching more meditation, mindfulness, exercise. I worked for a great treatment center that CrossFit, right? Yoga or walking was part of their program and there was no sitting around doing nothing on your off time. You're doing one of those three. But they also taught a lot of mindfulness uh, and, and stuff, you know, and help people get off their medication, right? Instead of keeping the cycle going, like, let's take you off that because you probably don't need it. So this has been very, very interesting for me when I sit here and listen to you talk, right? Because um, I'm like you, I want to help as many people. And it doesn't matter if it's through me or through, I want people to get the correct help. Does that make sense? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing is, is non dogmatic, you know, find out what works for you and do that. And there's so many different tools out, out there. And this is cutting edge, you know, scientific data. It's a new paradigm. It's going to take some time for us to, to wrap our hands around that. We're all learning as we go. Um, but the, the data again is, is, is really, really strong and on the cusp of some a, a massive paradigm shift you know if 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 maps if this is mdma assisted psychotherapy is an approved cure for post-traumatic stress disorder that means the fda will write a letter to the dea uh saying hey we have a medicine here not a drug um and that this needs to be rescheduled and uh, and then that will be According to Rick Doblin, the, the domino that tips all the others, and there'll be opportunities for uh, more research dollars to further explore these medicines, and right. then 
the ways to to best utilize them. And then we're rolling out the importance of uh, the integration process that it's not the psychedelic experience. And I, and I noticed that when I was traveling with a backpack for 18 months, kind of um, a little bit untethered, you know, this was my, this was my, my deal. Uh, but doing the deep, deep healing work, nonetheless, and seeing that there were people that were, uh, some of my friends were, were um, struggling with the same things because they weren't doing any work in between the ceremonies. And they were whining about the same problems. And I'm thinking, whoa, this is dangerous. There's people that are blasting off and, and, and utilizing these medicines without intention. And, um, and that's why I wrote a 308-page psychedelic integration book that helps the, 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 the reader integrate these experiences into the day-to-day to be healthy, happy, and strong, to do the work that they're here to do. Cause it's not about the psychedelic experience. Right. It's about, it's about utilizing these insights to, uh, to, to heal and, and ultimately to clear that energetic space. So we could, we could have the creative visioning to see the work that is ours to do. Right. Talk about that work in between. Cause I know my audience, some of them are out there going, well, what is he talking about? Like in between describe that a little bit for them, if you would, please. Yeah, there's a lot of tools for for integration. Um, the 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 most important, I, I believe, are meditation and and journaling. Uh, you know, we can do so much work uh, with bravely putting pen to paper and working through our our past. Uh, the, the the objectivity that 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 again, putting pen to paper uh, will will help help us look at things with a, with more um, again more space. We're creating expansion. Uh, from some of our challenges and we're taking time to slow down and to be intentional. Uh, but yeah, moving our bodies uh, is very important. Uh, it doesn't really matter how we do that. Uh, but we all have 37.2 trillion cells and, and that are screaming at us to get a move on, <laughs> right. um, you know, and, and having some sort of movement practice, uh, getting out in nature, um, having healthy boundaries with technology, uh, you know, learning how to use airplane mode so we can we can experience some peace, you know, getting out again in nature um, and, uh, you know, creating space so we can we can hear. I know this is cheesy, but the quiet whispers of our heart uh, amid this stormy kind of monkey mind that we have and this, this right. chaotic, frantic pace that technology is driving our society in right now. And, and we take this time uh, to unplug so we can reconnect. It's a strange paradox, but we do. And then we come back with fresh eyes and uh, when we have healthy boundaries with, with tech and that's, um, you know, there's just, there's so many different strategies. Uh, other pragmatic strategies are breath work, the Wim Hof method is an activation energy breathing. We're rapid breathing. Um, we have this like charged up, cl- clear, really focused. I, I liken the experience to one twentieth of an ayahuasca journey, but we go back to normal baseline reality after five to ten minutes of normal breathing, um, and and that can promote supercharged journaling sessions. When I was deep in my trauma and depression back in 2016, every third or fourth day. Uh, af- uh, I was doing the Wim Hof method every day, uh, every third or fourth day, I would have a cathartic release. And I was thinking, whoa, how amazing is that, that I could yeah. do this deep healing work in my bed, in my undies, you know, without having to go to a therapist or, or, or something. And I could, you know, bring up these traumas and, and to get closer to them um, and, and to, you know, the Wim Hof method, it, it um, brings in healthy, acute adrenaline to tax our nervous system, but in a, in a healthy manner. And, um, so, so that's a method, 
Um, you know, and, and there's uh, the Dr. Huberman's non-sleep deep restoration where we have the longer exhales and the inhales. That's been something that's been super special for down-regulating your nervous system. Right. If it's in the afternoon and you want to create some calm, um, th 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 that's a method that, that has been extraordinarily, uh, you know, practically uh, and useful to, to me and my clients. And we're reconnecting to our breath. And that's going to give us a lot of um, confidence that we can, again, um, engage life and, and to know that, that if things get get a little bit intense, that we do and have the ability and have the confidence that we can reconnect to our breath. And that will allow us to deepen into intimacy and deepen into those, you know, those really important conversations, professional conversations, um, you know, or with friends and family that are, that, that are the really hard ones that we kind of yeah, we right. don't like to go near. Like those are the most important ones. And if we can be more connected to our breath, we can be more present. Um, that that can foster deeper connection. I love that. Uh, it's funny. Are you talking about Dr. Uh, Andrew Huberman? Yeah. Yeah, I follow him. I started drinking hydrogen, I can't say, but hydrogen water. And I'm telling you, it, it makes sense because I've, I've been watching him and Dr. Or Gary Brecka and how they're like, finding more holistic ways to heal the body besides your typical go to the doctor, here's a new pill, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's an absolute benevolent juggernaut. I always joke and say, hey, I'm a podcaster, but I'm not a tenured professor at Stanford. You know, so he has a way, he has a way of delivering his message, uh, this kind of nerd speak science um, in, in, a, in a way that is digestible for for the lay person to, to, to practically um, you know, to, to take his directive and to implement it into their lives to be healthy, happy, and strong. Absolutely. And I've seen his YouTubes and stuff like that, where it's like, you understand what he's saying. He's not going past you. or like, what did he yeah. just say? You understand. And he makes it very simple. And, and same with Gary Brecka. And like yourself, you're making this understandable for my audience. So I, I appreciate that so much. Right. Um, because I may, you know, we don't know. There may be someone out here who's struggling that's going to reach out to you, Matt, because I'm always open to helping anybody, right? And if, even if it's not me. If, if I'm just a vessel to go, hey, I know this guy named Matt. He's done the research. He knows what he's doing. Why don't you go talk to him? Because um, I'm like you. I'm I'm on this journey of trying to help heal the world in the this turmoil we call the world today with one saying, you know, you got to do this because, you know, or the other side that says, no, they're crazy. You got to do it this way because you, like you said, everything gets stuck because of these politicians, if you know what I mean. And it's, and it's all, we all know it's about money, but if we can get back to being of service, like you said, and just be there to help people because it's the right thing to do and take politics and everything out of it, this world would be such a better place. Right. And um, so I applaud you for the work you're doing. And I know you're probably helping tons of people. So um, there's a couple of questions I like to ask uh, my guests. Uh, that is part of my book title is fearless. What does fearless mean to you, Matt? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Fearless means uh, showing up and to do the work that I'm here to do. And in the case of the magic and microdosing mentorship, to me, this is a form of civil disobedience. You know, I, I'm, uh, we're in a mental health crisis. 
people are struggling. Uh, depression is soaring. PTSD is is soaring. Suicide is soaring. Uh, the opioid crisis, uh, I believe, last checked, um, 2022, there was 100,000 deaths of despair. The pharmaceutical companies have set our country on fire. So this is the right thing to do, um, you know, to to uh, be fearless, to hold people's hands. Um, not literally, although sometimes uh, figuratively to, to guide them onto the path and, and, and to do this safely and to do this with earnest intention uh, for healing, for reframing past traumas, for uh, a hallmark of the microdosing experience is boosted mood and boosted energy levels. And it's also thought that a third of our C-level Silicon Valley executives are microdosing to boost creativity. So the, you know, tapping into more creativity is, is something as well that, that the microdosing does. I love it. I love it. Fearless, right, is, and you're, you're right now, to me, a perfect example of being fearless, right? And what I mean by that, because are we truly going to be like fearless, like we're never going to fear anything? Oh, no, there's fear. There's fear, yeah, that, but, but you do it anyways, because it's the right thing to do. Right. And then we fear less, if that makes sense. You know what yes. I mean? Because then we're doing the right thing and we're encouraging people to get the right help. And, you know, you're a pioneer in my eyes on on this. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, but, you know, hearing how you're going about it, right? I I, I want to be on that little civil disobedience. I want to be a lot, actually, because I've seen too many of my friends and people I've worked in the field, uh, you know, clients that have come through treatment centers just die for there's no reason for it if you if you ask me um anyway and we, that's a whole probably different podcast we could get into right like talking about pharmaceuticals and all that stuff that so happiness my next question is knowing i put a why in the happiness um what does happiness mean to you and how does that show up in your life matt on a daily basis happiness is uh, a byproduct of, uh, again, showing up and doing the work that I'm here to do. There's a fulfillment that comes, there's a grace that comes uh, from, you know, doing this this service work um, that, that, yeah, there's a level of happiness that I didn't feel before when I was in corporate America, when I had a soul sickness and uh, I was following, all, again, all of the rules that our society had put forth. And the more I was obedient to our definition, our society's definition of success, the sicker that I became. So I got very, very curious. And and yeah, there's a depth of happiness that I would have never thought possible that I live. And of, and of course, my, you know, there's, there's some days that are, 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 are super challenging. And, you know, I, I always affectionately say, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't name my book roses, rainbows and unicorns. No, it's worth <laughs> the fight. And, and, and there's a big fight going on right now uh, for, for our collective soul. And, and um, you know, that there's there's no uh, at the, the days of, of um, I don't know, the 60s and 70s. I think we, we, we missed the mark um, and and got off uh, track and, and we forgot what these medicines uh, were for and, and, and what they could potentially do for healing and for connection and bringing people together and for love and for unity. I love that. I love that, because one thing I learned, uh, right, remember, I can remember getting uh, getting sober and, you know, learning how to be sober and all that. And I always thought the opposite of addiction was sobriety, right? And then I watched this gentleman, you probably heard of him on YouTube, that, that reporter from the UK who talks about 
the opposite of addiction. Johan Harari. Yes. And that's one of my, I show it to my clients. I showed it to my staff and I'm like, you got to listen to this guy. Cause it's so true. Like, cause I remember when I was getting shamed or people were getting mad at me, I would give up and go, I'm just going to, now I'm going to prove to you how bad I am. Right. But when I was showed some compassion and some love and that someone truly cared, here I am 20 years, over 20 years later, right? So that's kind of what I teach my clients. They ask me, well, what is the opposite of addiction? I said, it's connection. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're right, because then it leads to love, compassion, self-love, right? And looking at the world through a different pair of glasses, if you would say, instead of that negative, here I go again, right? So I appreciate that, Matt, because um, we don't have too many people out there like you that really emphasize that right it's that same old like you said dogmatic you get in here we we drill you with this and hopefully you leave and you don't come back because we did all this stuff um and, and i'm a part of it i have been for 15 years but i'm slowly seeing some changes and thank you for being that agent of change and being that voice out there for you know there's other ways to do it um so um Again, tell the audience the name of my of your book, excuse me, Freudian Slip, your book, where they can get it, and if they want to work with you or, or get a hold of you and ask you questions, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, thank you. Uh, again, you can get the book at uh, worththefightbook.org or on Amazon, uh, Worth the Fight. My last name is Simpson. That'll come up in a Google search. Um, you can find me on Instagram at worththefightbook. And I also host a weekly magic or no, a weekly microdose Monday meetup at 7 p.m. Central every week. And that's an opportunity for people to learn more about microdosing. And it's not just me going on and on with my rose, rose colored glasses and enthusiasm, but it's an opportunity to be a part of a community and, and, and to learn from other microdosers, uh, your brothers and sisters who have, who have gone ahead and, and that are at different stages of the journey. And it's essentially microdosing 101. And we're, we're just going over how to microdose, how to, how to get the most out of this unconventional strategy for health, well-being, boosted mood, creativity, deepening our spiritual connection, et cetera. So that is, um, you can find a link on my homepage, uh, on my website uh, for that. And, and uh, maybe I'll send you a link as well to that uh, to put in the show notes. And uh, yeah, uh, feel free to reach out. My email is matt at nltrans.org. And I do offer free 30-minute fostering flow empowerment sessions where we can shine light on the wondrous possibility on the path ahead and maybe some obstacles or challenges you might be having. I'm here to serve. And uh, yeah, please reach out. You know, I, I, I'd love to answer any questions that, that you all might have. And and thank you again for having me, Max. I, I appreciate your work that you're doing and, and putting out positive vibes and, and taking a stand for love. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's very inspiring. Thank you. And like I said, the honor's all mine. Thank you for being here and sharing your, you know, your journey as well as, you know, how you help other people. Because we need more people like you, Matt, like that are truly in it to help people, right? Especially from, right, the traumas and the addictions of this world and, and the stuff that has helped, like you said, help people back because they put up walls. I appreciate that so much. So thank you for being here. Uh, but you're not quite off the hook just yet. I get one last question okay, that I like great. to ask all my uh, my guests, and that it goes like this. 
what is the one piece of advice that you could give my audience to help them grow as people and become better human beings? You know, I would challenge your audience to rethink darkness and light. A big uh, central part of the Worth the Fight mission and message of hope and healing is the degree to which we lean into our darkness, the pain, the adversity, the traumas, is the very same degree to which we can stand and share and love in our light. I love it, right? And the more we do that together, the brighter that light gets, I believe. That's my belief. And, and I think you believe that too, right? I do. And I believe that's how we turn this thing around and and uh, and get back to uh, more of a orientation rooted in love versus fear. Absolutely. Right. Because I think they're pushing that fear so much out there. I mean, I hate to say it, but it, that's what I see. And, and most of the people I know now are waking up going, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, 100%. Yeah. Uh, fear divides, separates, and, and love unites and connects. Right. Awesome. I love it. This has been such a great time, Matt. So everybody, you heard Matt. If, like I always say, if Matt made you smile, if he taught you something, you learned something, uh, and my famous, if he made you go, hmm, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can catch his podcast here with me today. And again, uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. It's Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast today. And until next time. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnaist.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.